innovative often duplicated when enough people get on the trend i elevate it make it way harder for them to follow what i take it hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea goodness gracious bruh i can never make this up so just take your stuff rake it up and take the bus never fake the funk you painted skunks you played enough i'm lifting bars to outer space so the weight is up Fight. WHUPLP Hillsborough, North Carolina, center of the known world. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cage Side Concussion Cast, your source for the fighting arts in the Carolinas and beyond. My name is Jeff Shaw. We're coming to you live on 104.7 FM, streaming live on whoopfm.org, or maybe you're joining us later via podcast, which you can download from the whupfm.org website. However you're hearing us, I want to say thanks for listening to our maiden voyage in talking about face punching, pajama wrestling, and more. With me, as always, is my good friend, the inimitable master of cowboy karate, the one, the only Trevor Hayes. How are you doing? I can't complain. We already had one complaint. They're mad that I tried to break a champagne bottle on the side of the building for our maiden thing you know i said hey it's a nautical reference they said no i think it has dignity i think it has I dignity i support yeah. both champagne bottles uh drinking and otherwise oh absolutely i also support telling the untold stories of martial arts in north carolina and beyond which is my goal and i think trevor's as well we're going to talk about the thousands of people in north carolina who are training fighting grappling sparring competing and teaching in an effort to improve their lives and the lives lived all around them uh, so that's what i think people can expect from the concussion cast beyond two guys with significant brain trauma talking about fighting Trevor, what are your goals for this show? Uh, to let everyone know about the, as I call, grassroots martial arts scene. Uh, we have a lot of world competitors coming out of the area. However, it's just still a very growing scene. Um, it's to bring knowledge and information to the, the average Joe that watches the UFC, to the hardcore people that we train with, and to let people know that if you can change, I can change. That's from Rocky IV. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, and this is a vegan politician, underground hip-hop aficionado and Jeff Shaw. And then you have me, who's the a super bro meat-eating Muay Thai guy. <laughs> and we get along through martial arts. We are, we are a bit of a contrast, but we can agree on this. Anyone who didn't get that Rocky IV reference probably isn't listening to the show. So, They're probably a communist. And if you, if you don't get that reference, go watch Rocky IV right now. We, as you can probably tell, plan on having a lot of fun making fun of ourselves and other people who deserve it almost as much as we do. And we also plan on talking to you, the listener, and giving you the chance to talk back. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CagesideWHUP. You can shout us out using the hashtag CagesideWHUP as well. Get at us via email, CagesideWhoop at gmail.com and at Facebook at Cageside Radio. You can check all this information out on our show page at whoopfm.org too. So we have a lot to get to today. And we got news about two great charity events, Grapplethon and Toro Cup, both of which happened yesterday. Trevor and I which were Toro Cup. Outstanding. Well done once again to you, Jeff Shaw and James Hogaboom from Cageside. Just Outstanding show. Thank you so much. And Lori Porsche, uh, who will call in later. Yes. Um, so we want to document that, but we also want to document how our area became a hotbed of martial arts. And that's something both me and Trevor are passionate about. I love hearing from veterans of the scene in the Southeast. And Andrew Smith, who is uh, the owner of Revolution BJJ in Richmond, is one of those guys. You've known Andrew for a long time. Hot minute now. Yeah. Out outstanding guy. As cool as a cucumber, calm, mellow, but he collects feet. Not in a Jeffrey Dahmer sense, in a 
artistic jujitsu sense. Well, not as far as we know, anyway. And so, he might. So I did a long interview after a seminar of foot breaking with Andrew the other day. We're gonna and a- Andrew is a second degree black black belt in Brazilian jiu jitsu. Has a judo black belt. Has also done wrestling and muay thai. And has just been a part of the, the, the scene in the south, Southeast for the last 15 or 20 years. So we're going to talk to him about uh, the biggest changes he's seen. Uh, we're talking about U.S. grappling tournaments. Andrew's a co-owner of U.S. grappling, runs tournaments all over the country now. And we'll learn about uh, his specialties in jiu-jitsu, uh, including footlocks, and what he thinks the biggest mistakes people make uh, during training. Do you have any kind of Andrew stuff to add before we uh, get to the, the first part of the interview? I like his dogs. Andrew also rescues dachshunds, which is really awesome. Yeah, for no, he's, he's, a, he's an all-around good guy. And, uh, yeah, he, he rescues dogs, has a great program, has a great air about himself, just wants to see everybody do jiu-jitsu and get along. So without further ado, if, if you've wondered about Andrew Smith's background, we've cut up the interview into the best parts of three segments. And the first, we're going to talk to Andrew about his background, unfortunately not about dachshunds, but various Darn other it. things. So... Without further ado, co-owner of Revolution BJJ, co-owner of U.S. Grappling, second-degree black belt in jiu-jitsu and judo black belt, Andrew Smith. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your background. Um, you know, you train, in, in addition to jiu-jitsu, you're second-degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you have a black belt in judo, and you also train Muay Thai. And I, I, I'm also cu- I'm curious, why do you train martial arts? What got you started? Um, well, you know, honestly, I was, uh, let me, <laughs> there's kind of two ways to answer that. The first one, I started uh, karate when I was a kid. Um, for about a month and a half. It was during summer school and I couldn't convince my parents to uh, bring me to another karate school during the year. So that's why I started martial arts is because I wanted to basically be Daniel LaRusso, um, like most kids probably of our generation. Um, But uh, I started wrestling in high school just because I kind of like, I don't know, the idea of like rough sports. I kind of like the idea of tackling people and stuff like that. And um, and I don't know why, probably puberty got me into it as much as anything else. Um, but I started doing um, wrestling in high school, and it, you know, it hooked me. It, got, it took a couple of years, but I really got into it. I really enjoyed it. And uh, finally, by the time I got halfway decent my senior year, um, it was time to stop. You know, I, I graduated. I tried doing a little freestyle wrestling after high school, and then um, nothing. So I was looking for something that would replace that. And uh, the college that I went to in South Carolina um, didn't have uh, a wrestling team, didn't have, a, um, as far as I could tell, a club or anything at the time. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll put that on hold for a couple of years, and I did. And then I moved to Richmond, and I got back into uh, judo at uh, the VCU Judo Club in uh, 1997 in January. And uh, um, <clears throat> similar to with wrestling, I was just hooked. I mean, I was, like, into it. I wanted the, the challenge of the physicality and, and also the, the cool techniques, and not to mention, you know, you could choke people and stuff like that. And that's when I really started getting into stuff like the UFC. I started watching other martial arts. Um, and, uh, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was right around the corner, right on the heels of it. So I was in love with the ground game immediately. A lot of people got into Judo, I guess. So we're having some audio difficulties with Andrew's interview. It's a, it's a little low. I'm going to try to bump the volume up on it. But until uh, we can get that sorted. Apparently, let's go- uh, we have to shove microphones into people's mouths when we do pre-recordings. Yeah, I'm going to try and fix this in Audacity uh, while, we have the, uh, while we have the opportunity. Yeah, but I was getting messages from guys saying, how come I can't hear you? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, ah, I guess that. See, this, this is yeah. all part of our strategy to build listener engagement. You know, we're just all you guys. So We're trying to bring everyone's ears into the radio, and we're just 
fire off guns in the studio and yeah. have everyone freak out. Exactly, exactly. So here, here's the thing. So what we're going to do, we're gonna, we have a couple other segments that we want to get to before we get to the Andrew Smith interview. And I'm going to try to fix the Andrew Smith audio so that we can hear that later in the show. But we have two really great charity events that we want to talk about. And we're going to have Lori Porsche from Grapplethon DC call in in a few minutes. But before then, uh, we're going to talk about an interview that, or talk about an event that both Trevor and I were at um, yesterday, Toro Cup. And so what Toro Cup is, is a charity grappling showcase for all the best grapplers in North Carolina, Virginia, the Southeast. And we do, uh, we do this for, on a donation basis to benefit local charities. And Trevor, maybe you want to talk about the charity that we benefited this time. Yeah, we uh, had uh, Mission 22, which uh, the statistic is that uh, at least every day 22 veterans take their lives. And Mission 22 brings about uh, awareness and prevention to veteran suicide. And that is a big, big sponsor to, or a, uh, a big charity to be a part of. And we had a ranger up, uh, on board as well to help us, to help us out with, uh, letting people know the Toro Cup's going on with sponsorship and uh, getting people in there. Yeah, and if, if you're going to hear both me and Trevor break down some of our favorite matches. It was a really great 12-match card, every match of which ended in a submission. Those of you that are all came down to the wire, too. Yeah, that was a, crazy. a lot of last-minute finishes. So uh, those of you that aren't familiar with uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, um, the, those of you that aren't, aren't familiar with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, uh, then you might not... So the way a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournament works is... If you get a submission, the other guy taps out, you know, to a foot lock, a joint, a choke, an arm lock, something like that. Then, then the person who gets the submission wins. If not, it goes to points. A lot of tournaments go to points. Yes, but usually like a five-minute, six-minute round. I believe exactly. Yeah. But Toro Cup, what we did is we established uh, that uh, you know we would have a fifteen-minute submission-only round. And what was kind of exciting about the matches yesterday is that. Uh, Every single match went to a submission. So we'll talk about the matches in a second, but first I want to play uh, something from uh, Julia from Mission 22, mm-hmm. which, uh, which should explain like why everybody was so fired up to support this charity. So without further ado... Gumpert. I'm with Elderheart, uh-huh. which is a not-for-profit organization out of Nashville, Indiana. We have uh, Mission 22 as our project. Um, the main reason uh, that this was started was 2013 statistic released by the VA. 22 veterans a day are taking their own lives. Um, that is just unacceptable from uh, any standpoint. We're talking about less than 1% of the population who is actively served in the military or their families. These men and women come home from war and then they fight a war at home. Um, This is an American problem. We recognize that awareness brings about accountability and we support things that are part of the solution. Jiu-Jitsu is part of the solution. Jiu-Jitsu saves lives. Veterans love Jiu-Jitsu. I love Jiu-Jitsu. We we appreciate what you do as a community. Um, The way that you the way that you treat people, your humility, um, your compassion, your respect, um, it is it is felt. Um, the ripples that you bring about in the veteran community that I see firsthand at Fort Bragg um, on a nearly a daily basis, um, we feel that and we appreciate it. 22 vets a day, at a minimum, by the way, um, are taking their own lives. You know, I recognize that this is this is something that I can change by inviting somebody that I know to the mat by inviting somebody that I know, um, you know, to go on a run, to go to the gym, to lift weights, to fellowship. We appreciate Toro BJJ letting us be here today.
So that was a pretty moving thing for me to be a part of, to, to, to hear uh, yesterday when, when Julia from uh, Mission 22 talked about the importance of jiu-jitsu in helping veterans. Yes, in- absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, combat sports saves lives. You know, um, we've gotten to interact with a lot of veterans, and you can see that, you know, anybody that's been um, deployed to combat zones, they come back, they need that outlet. And, and combat sports is the perfect outlet for it. It's controlled, and it uh, helps get everything out of the basement, more mm-hmm. or less. Yeah, yeah and like one of, the, one of the guys in the main event yesterday, Cody Malte, who is a black belt uh, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a very successful professional MMA fighter, he said some stuff of that nature uh, in, his, in his speech after his victory. And we'll play that sound file in a bit. But I think it would be a good segue for us to talk about our favorite matches and Trevor. Yes, absolutely. So I thought all the matches were really good. Outstanding matches once again. Um, everything came down to the wire. They were all like, well, let's see. Uh, Josh Williams had a two-minute submission. He had the fastest submission of the day. Everything else uh, outside of that really was getting towards that, like outside of the 13-minute range. It was getting down. They're very back and forth, last-minute sweeps, last-minute submissions. Just uh, yeah, outstanding. But uh, two favorite matches that I watched was uh, DeAndre. Who is 19 years old, mm-hmm. a purple belt from Virginia Beach, went against Frankie Mercado, who is a purple belt out of Fayetteville, but a lot of people don't know that he is a member of Team USA Wrestling, and he, he wrestles for the uh, Army Wrestling Team, and he'll he's been out to the training center, and uh, man, from the get go, DeAndre was on him like a wet blanket, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that that was a am- like DeAndre gives me goosebumps every time I see him roll because there's nothing explosive or fast twitch it's just this slow methodical and it's like uh the experience of i can only imagine it's like drowning mm-hmm. like drowning in a pool mm-hmm. is what it's like to roll with deandre it's kind of what it seems like and frankie by contrast looks like an action figure that, he, uh, yeah he has yeah. muscles that have muscles that have muscles i looked at his abs and uh you know like, god forbid i get married i want you know my wife to have his baby <laughs> so so that was so that was one of your favorite matches. What, what, uh, let me list one of my favorite matches, and then we'll then we'll each list two. Uh, I, my, one of my favorite matches was Travis Holloman from TFTC Academy against Bryce Mahoney from Forged Fitness, and both of these guys are really excellent athletes. Yes, uh, you know, and and in addition to just being having intense athletic prowess, they're both purple belts. Travis is, is just about to turn pro as a fighter. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about this match, it was an incredible back and forth match. And I also want to credit Bryce Mahoney. He's one of the people. That, you know, he's a former ranger. He 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 hooked us up with Mission Twenty Two and was like, "Hey, I really am passionate about this charity. I would like to do some things to support Absolutely, it." Absolutely, yeah. And so he so irrespective of the match itself, it was an excellent match. Uh, Bryce played a really critical role in the event by sort of bringing these folks on board. Ended up raising twelve hundred bucks yeah. for Mission Twenty Two, which is going to make a big difference. But what I liked about this match is that Bryce really dominated position for most of the fifteen minute round. He did. He was in a lot of control. Like uh, Travis came out hard from the get go. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you see that uh, Bryce really slowed the pace down and got into control for most of that match. And then, um, yeah, Bryce has, yeah. And Br- Bryce has, in addition to having excellent takedowns, Travis also has really excellent hair. I liked it when it came out of the man bun and was sort of more in a Fabio uh, hair down to the shoulders experience. It looked like Jesus. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like yeah, 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 take down Jesus. Maybe that's what they should call him. You know, I th- they, call, they call him Hollywood because his last name is Holloman, but I like take down Jesus better. Um, so that match was excellent. And what I loved about it was, uh, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of these matches went down to the finish. Mm-hmm. And Travis was, uh, so Br- Tr- Bryce was in control of the match. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, Travis hit a really sick transition where... It he, was a great scramble. There was great scramble. Like, uh, like there what? was a Kimura attempt from yeah. Bryce to an armbar attempt. And then Travis just kept pushing through and then wound up 
Yeah, with Neon Belly then. Yeah, Bry yeah, Bryce tried a Kimura, which, which is, a lot of people, if you don't do jujitsu, it's they're, they're, <laughs> we're not talking about paganism. It's okay. Trust us. Yeah, right. No, imagine, if you will, like that Wiley e. Coyote uh, versus the Roadrunner sort of, or like scramble of arms and legs. Or with a cat a and dog, like cartoon kind of fisticuff situation, just a giant cloud of chaos and yeah. arms and legs. It was basically like that, but with way better hair. Yes. Um, yeah, from Travis, but also from Bryce. And so, so Travis got what's called a, or Bryce got what's called a Kimura lock, which is uh, where he uh, locks both hands against one of, the, of his opponent's arms. Travis turned that into an armbar attempt. Then Travis used that to attempt to take Bryce's back. Bryce escaped the the back control because the back you know having somebody on your back is a really dangerous position for being choked. But Travis hit a really slick transition in the last minute uh, to get what's called a head and arm choke or an arm triangle, where you uh, you end up on top in the schoolyard bully beatdown position, but off to one side. That's why it's also called the side choke. And you end up choking the guy with your bicep and using his shoulder against his other carotid artery. And with 15 seconds le left in the match, Bryce was forced to tap. But neither one of those guys has anything to be ashamed of about that performance. Great match. Just yeah. a really tremendous match. Yeah. And, and uh, so that was one of my favorites. I have one other favorite match, but I want to hear about your other favorite match first. My other favorite match was the uh, uh, Trey Pace from Fayetteville, who I was not too familiar with, mm -hmm. taking on... Uh, David Porter. I'm sorry, David Porter. I'm sorry, David I'd Porter, if you happen to listen to this. I still love you and your face and your tattoos. He probably won't footlock you for this. I, He will. <laughs> um, no, like uh, anyone that knows David Porter knows that he's a very game competitor. Mm -hmm. uh, he's very well respected uh, with the guys at U.S. Grappling and, and competing on bigger stages. And then um, from the get-go, man, Trey Pace just came out and seemed to be in control. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, David uh, just, boom, starts attacking for leg locks, create a lot of great transitions and scrambles, uh, back and forth leg lock battles. And um, then Trey got him with, uh, what did he catch him with? A bow and arrow choke. Bow and arrow choke, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was just, I, I, I'm sitting next to my good friend and pro fighter, uh, Josh Williams, who I know from my days of living in a gym in uh, South Carolina. And... Uh, we just sat there and kept going, wow, this is an amazing match. How can it get better? Oh, my God, did you see that scramble? Oh, mm -hmm. And it was just such a very technical, hard-fought match between two great brown belts. It just uh, – you had to see it to believe it really is kind of how it went. It's hard to, uh, to explain it over the air on how, how exciting it was. And fortunately, see. fortunately, those of you that engage with us, fortunately, we'll put – we're going to have HD video of that match, and we'll put it up on the show page uh, later this week. But Trevor's right. It was a really outstanding match. Like, both of those guys do really well in competition. David Porter competes all the time. And Trey just looked like a monster. And he was uh, – and, and you, I guarantee you'll see both of those guys on Toro Cups again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So my other favorite match um, that I wanted to talk about was the main event, which was Cody Malte uh, against Jonathan Verts, uh, who is uh, the coach of of Anthony Elbert, who was another guy who was on the, who was on the card, mm -hmm. and that was a, a really terrific black belt match. Um, and so, I, I you know I, one of the reasons I like that match so much is that. Uh, for one thing, there were you know two black belts, but you know Jonathan's been a black belt forever. Actually, Cody's first black belt match. That's right, yeah. And, and so Cody, you know, is a professional fighter uh, who's very successful. Has had you know some World Series of fighting fights. Mm -hmm. Has has trained all over the place. He used to yeah, train. he was out at Team Quest for a long time and talks about these horror stories of Sokaju and stuff like that, which I can't imagine. Yeah, he's. I mean, Cody's just a really like in addition to having a really boss beard, which he doesn't have right now, uh, but but does have a really boss beard. Normally, he has some amazing facial hair. Yeah, for real. And and like he he is in, in addition to training at Team Quest, he trained at oh, yeah. Forged Fitness out here. Also, is now a Zenith guy. Trained with Robert Drysdale. Yeah, that, yeah. He uh, he had moved out to Vegas uh, before he decided to go pro and got really in with the guys at uh, Zenith BJJ and, and Robert Drysdale. Who, if people don't know who he is, he's a man beast of a competitor 
end of a black belt. Yeah, and like, and so, 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 what was cool about that for me is that, um, you know, as someone I, like I've I've trained with Cody a fair bit, and you know he beats me up real easily, mm-hmm. uh, but like I get to know his game a little bit, and so what was kind of fun about this match, aside from it being the main event, people being fired up for it, two black belts, it was kind of cool, but for, for two other reasons. The first is that Cody, um, I got to see sort of what he was going for, and that it was very clear he wanted a knee bar, mm-hmm. um, which is where you use your entire body to. Um, to separate the guy, to bend the guy's knee the wrong way, and and Cody was looking for that, but uh, Jonathan used a pants grip, uh, you know, grip on. Ba- he basically grabbed Cody's pants and hung on, right. and 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 it was really so he could sort of. It was kind of cool to watch that sort of chess match at a high level, where a really smart dude is fighting a really smart dude, and he knows like, okay, this guy's trying to to do this to me. I'm going to defend it, and, what, and that's what I enjoy about jujitsu is watching like the chess match at the high level because Cody's known for basically three things: his leg locks, his wrist locks, and his guillotine choke, which is. Yeah. which is which is what oh, he wound up finishing yeah. him with. And so he used this arm lock attack to set up a guillotine choke. John sat up and uh and he sat up right into this this guillotine. He, it, it was it just I, I it is weird to like sit back from the sidelines and go man, Cody's going to go for a guillotine. Wow, Cody just got that guillotine real quick. Mm-hmm. Like I soon as you see him sit up. Oh. And in fact, we're gonna, in fact we're going to hear from Cody right now. One of the other reasons that I, I thought this match was really special is that Cody was active duty Marine for five years, yes. and so he's going to talk to us in the sound file about Cody, why Ply Toro Cup meant so much match, to him. Cody, great match. Was this your first competition at Black Belt? Yeah, this is the first time getting a step on the mat with my Black Belt and, and go against another Black Belt with the Gion, so that was pretty exciting. What, what, is that, what does something like that mean to you to be able to compete as a Black Belt? Um, I mean, I'm always going to consider myself a fighter first, but to be able to step in with jiu-jitsu and and you know develop myself as a full martial artist means a lot to me and the geese part of that and so to come in here and you know i think it's more proven to myself that i belong at this level mm-hmm. were you hunting the guillotine the whole time uh i really wanted to hit a knee bar but his defense was pretty tough but once i got into that little kimura setup i do that a lot to get to the guillotine so i was just baiting for it so it, it was, was uh, doing something to help benefit mission 22 special leave yeah, I mean, five years active duty Marine Corps. We got a lot of other veterans on the show, and, and a lot of my guys came back and are fighting some tough struggles. So to be here for this cause means a lot, personally, and, and for everyone else being here, it means a lot. Well, you put on a tremendous match. We're really happy to have you. It's always, always love to have you on the card. Do you have folks you'd like to thank? Yeah, my wife. Without her, I'd never even get on the mat. So she's she's a beast. Also nice of Cody to thank his wife there, but it was really, really special for me to, to, to watch that match and to see not only Cody to get success in his first matches of Black right. Belt, but also to, to talk about like raising money for the cause and how much that meant to him as well. Yeah, and, and when he talks about you know all of his guys came home, what he means is that he didn't, uh, I mean, I don't know about his experience overseas, but that just means that everyone that he deployed with in his, in his group, uh, they all came back home. But mm-hmm. that does not mean that the fight ends Yeah, when they step off the plane. Like, you know, it's... Uh, veterans have it tough, man. Going overseas, getting deployed to those zones, like uh, you don't forget that stuff, and mm-hmm. it's tough. And that's why Mission Twenty Two is such a great thing, um, and that's why Jiu Jitsu is a great thing. That's why Muay Thai is a great thing. That's why MMA is a great thing for people to have that outlet to keep them going. Yeah, and you know, and that's a, that's a really good transition to the next thing we're going to talk about. We may break down some more Toro Cup later, but. You know, Trevor's right. Uh, the martial arts community does a ton of stuff to benefit not just the military veteran community, but many charities. And it's yes. so important to, to, to take care of the people who take care of us and take care of our friends and neighbors. And so another uh, 
you know, so Toro Cup raised $1,200 for Mission 22, which mm-hmm. was great. We hope to have another Toro Cup card in early February. And oh, so, very cool. So stay tuned for that. But another uh, another cool thing that um, that happened this weekend is Grapplethon DC. Yes. And we're yes. about we're expecting a call any minute from one of the organizers of Grapplethon DC, Lori Porsche, who is a purple belt on a Nakapon Pongpoon, mm-hmm. and has helped do some really cool stuff uh, in the community uh, for for a really great cause. If you can't say Nakapon's name. Uh, correctly, we don't blame you. Everyone just calls him Knock. Yeah, right. And, uh, and I, I had Knockupon actually teach me how to say his name like three or four times. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. And so, hey, it's the phone flasher. So that could indicate that Lori is coming on. Let's, let, let, let's see if this happens. Lori? Yes, hi. Hey, we're joined right now by Lori Porsche from Bolthon, DC. Thank you so much for taking the time to call in uh, with us. How are you doing this morning? Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, of course, of course. Really, really happy to help. So I'm. Uh, you're here with Jeff Shaw and Trevor Hayes. We're live on the air and Whoop Hi, FM. Hi, Lori. <laughs> I'm Trevor. You haven't Hello. met me. <laughs> Hi, Trevor. So, the, so we were talking about the martial arts community in the south, er, in, on the east coast, ho- ho- hosted a couple of great charity events yesterday, and one of them is a 12-hour, I believe, grappling extravaganza to raise money for the Network for Victim Recovery, and you're one of the organizers of that event, correct? Yes. So how long have you? Um, so go ahead. Uh, how long have you been involved with Grapplethon? Um, so the first Grapplethon we did was in October 2013. So this was our third one. Mm-hmm. And what got you involved? How did that sort of come about? Um, so it came about kind of just uh, Googling or just sitting on the Internet. Um, obviously in 2013 there was, you know, kind of the uproar in the martial arts community about, you know, an alleged uh, sexual assault. And it kind of brought a lot of these issues to light about how this stuff happens and it happens in our community it happens to people we know and um we were just kind of sitting there like what can we do you know at the time you know we were just i was just a blue belt that just happened to like jiu-jitsu i was like what can i do that could you know impact this problem and i stumbled across um slidyfoot.com which is a blog run by john sunmith um, and he lives in bristol um england and he had done a grapple sign and with uh, the sport of meerkatsu to uh, to uh, support, I believe it was that year, he did support a, uh, a rape crisis center. Every year they do a different charity, and I kind of looked at that and said, this would be really neat. Um, I train at a beta academy in Washington, D.C., under Nakhon Pumpan, and um, we have a very large facility, 10,000 square feet. I was like, we could do this here. We could do this, basically have a big, fun, open mat, like no egos, kind of just, uh, just, just a good time to get together and roll, and then said, you know, let's try and raise the money. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And we'll talk about Mirkatsu Seymour Yang, who is a, a, a brown belt um, in England and a tremendous artist. We'll talk about him a little, actually. Great little, artwork little, from and, that guy. Yeah, yeah, really terrific. And does a, and, and, you know, and, and as Laurie mentioned, does a lot of great charity benefit stuff. We have a segment uh, where we'll talk about him later on, but that's, that's very cool. So uh, would you say uh, that this, like, how would you compare this Grapplethon, this third one that you've been involved in, to the previous two? Um, so I would say this year people are kind of starting, the word is getting out, and we're getting a lot of repeat customers, for lack of a better term. You know, people say, we look forward to this every year, we're really excited, I brought my mom to check it out, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I guess kind of the difference between this year and at least the first year is the first year I didn't know if it was going to work. I didn't know if I was just going to be sitting there with like 130 shirts and sitting there alone at the desk and nobody was going to come. And, and but come they did. I was very fortunate. Um, everybody really seemed to have a good, a good time. This year, you know, we, we knew it was going to be a big event. We knew people were going to come out and support it. Um, and so it was, it, it gets a little better every year. 
Yeah, Lori, uh, how many people did you have from outside of uh, your area? I know you're in Virginia. Were you getting people from the Maryland and D.C. or maybe the Boston area to come down, which are – I don't think that's too far away from where you're at, or anybody else from North Carolina come up there? Um, do you have a big out-of-state so, crowd that comes in? We do have a big crowd that comes in. We're actually located in D.C. Oh, you are? Okay, right I, got, I thought – yeah. yeah. I'm an idiot yeah, no, when it comes so to geography. We're in D.C., so we get a lot of Maryland and Virginia grapplers. Got quite a few from Pennsylvania. Um, Unity Jiu-Jitsu in New York City brought down a whole crew. Whoa. So we had some of them. We had a few people come up from North Carolina, but as you know, yesterday there was another big event in right. North Carolina. Thank you, Jeff. Um, our bad. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> and we sent some of our guys. Uh, one of our one of our coaches went down and competed in that as well. So kind of we did a switch. Some of our uh, beta guys went down, and you know we had people come up. Um, so I had a couple people, I just, I look through, I do a, I try and keep a list. I ask people to write down where they're from or where they trained in what city and what belt rank, just so I can keep the metrics. And it looks like I had people coming from as far as like Texas and Montana. I, they may have just been in the area. DC is a transient town. People come, they come to, for work or for, for pleasure. And they still heard about um, Grapplethon going area. on. That's great. Yeah. And they were like, oh, let's go and train, you know? Um, so it's. It's uh, always, it, you know, you never know where you can get somebody from. We had a woman from Australia. She trains at Unity when she's in the States, and so she came down with them. Wow, that is so was, outstanding to hear. Like, And that's the cool thing about the community is that it's very, it's like, oh, my people are in trouble. I got to go help them out. Like, mm-hmm. let's all go raise yes. some money together and do jiu-jitsu. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, yeah and, 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 you know, Lori's talking about Unity Jiu-Jitsu. For those of you who don't know about Unity, it's a school in New York City that's relatively recent. Some of my friends train there. And they do a lot of really outstanding stuff for charitable causes. And so it doesn't surprise me that they would come in force to, to support Grapplethon. And, uh, and, and so, you know, and of course, you know, we sent some folks from North Carolina up this year. For those of you who don't know, also, it was sort of like Toro Cup is usually not on the same day as Grapplethon. And it was just sort of an unfortunate coincidence because I love to go to Grapplethon and we would like to have Lori come down and compete on the next Toro Cup, which should be in February. So hopefully we can find a match for you if you're interested. Yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, so um, so speaking of last year's Grappleton, you know Merle Santana, who is uh, the head instructor of Unity Jiu-Jitsu, grappled for 12 hours straight. Um, he cool. did it without water and without leaving the mat for any reason. Um, so not, I don't know if I would recommend that for everybody, but he is kind of a cut above in terms of, of Jiu-Jitsu athletes. Um, and he did that to, you know, he wanted, basically it was a challenge. He wanted to see if he could do it and to raise money for MVRDC, which is our, the charity we supported. Uh, network for Victim Recovery DC, which is a 24-hour kind of comprehensive uh, service support network for crime victims. Um, they do a lot of work with sexual assault uh, victims or sexual assault survivors. So this year, kind of inspired by Marilla, Marilla took a, taught a free seminar this year that was we had 60 people uh, taking his seminar. Um, we had three uh, grapplers who rolled the entire 12 hours. They did get water, so that was better. But they, um, they yeah, they rolled the whole 12 hours. So he's kind of started this trend of people saying, "Can I do this?" Yeah, you know, it's funny. We have, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to Guy Pendergrass about this in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Pendergrass Academy is gonna have a rollathon later this year to support uh, cancer research, and I, I think I'm, I'm actually gonna try the 12 hour roll. A little, little little news breaking here. I'm sorry, but that sounds like it's for a good cause. That sounds awful. It's I deep, remember it's doing like 10 minute rounds, and I was like, "Well, I want to go crawl off the mat and die." And then <laughs> I hear people rolling for an hour, and then you tell me 12 hours. 
and I'm going to go throw away my man card. Yeah, well, I'm not Marilo Santana, so I will be dr- taking water and uh, probably Soylent, but um, but that's neither here nor there. Let's, <laughs> let's, so let's get back to talking about, about Grapplethon. So uh, did, did we get, you know, so what are, are there going to be anything, do you plan anything different for Grapplethon 4? Like in terms of have you learned something? Do you want to expand in a certain are way? Are there surprise, like items thrown out, like chairs to give people advantages during Rolls going on, and maybe if so, can some, I have one? Like a green shell for Mario Kart <laughs> out there, like that'd be great. <laughs> um, so for Grappleton Four, I really haven't given much thought to it because I just compiled the numbers from last night's Grappleton or yesterday's Grappleton today. But we try to do something different every year. Um, you know, actually, what it's come down to now is a lot of people reach out to me. Um, Marilla reached out to me and said, "Let's do this," and then. Um, but I would like to teach a seminar, and um, the head instructor in over at Beta Academy, Nakapon, said, you know, I want to do a self-defense seminar. I want to do something and, and to kind of um, make it successful for people who maybe don't do jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, so he taught one of those yesterday. So I, it kind of builds itself. Um, also, Role Lifestyle, Jeremiah from Role Lifestyle got in touch with me and said, we'd like to support, we'd like to um, donate these, donate gear for you to give away. So the guys... Whoever rolls, uh, the two grapplers who roll the longest uh, in the 12 hours. So last year, I think somebody rolled for 10 hours. You know, um, they took a break here and there. Uh, they get a free gi. Um, and Jeremiah provided that this year. And so since we had three guys that went 12 hours, he, he graciously agreed to provide three gis. Um, so, yeah, this kind of builds itself. Last year, you know, we had uh, Louisa Montero, the multi-time world champion. She taught a seminar that was highly, uh, very um, highly attended, and, and so we never know what we're going to do next year. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. So you mentioned that you just compiled the numbers from Grapplethon, and, you know, and thank you, by the way, for, you know, you got done at some of the, the Grapplethon ended at 9 p.m. last night, and I'm sure you didn't get to bed right away, so thank you for getting up and talking to us. Would you like to share some of those numbers with us, just anything that leaped out at you? Sure. So um, we raised this year, we raised uh, $15,105 as of today. That, uh, we are still accepting donations. That link is going to be open for a few weeks. Um, and it's uh, firstgiving.com slash NVRDC slash GrappleCon 2015. It's also plastered all over Facebook, all over Twitter, all over that. Um, and it's hard to keep an exact account of how many grapplers are there because there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of people coming in and out. Um, but I try and count up the, it looks like, from my best, my best count, uh, we had at least 227 grapplers on the mat across the 12 hours, and we had, um, uh, from representing 34 academies, at a minimum. There may have wow. been more that I just didn't get to count. Um, you know, and it's, it's always fun. We, um, we had DJ Aswan. Uh, he came and spun, which is also a, an amazing feat. He, he DJed for 12 hours, which is pretty impressive. Um, and he put a call out to some other local DJs to come out and spin. And it, and it sounds kind of silly when you say you're having a DJ at a jiu-jitsu event, sounds, but it truly changes the way everything goes. It just, it's somebody that's imagine, able to read yeah. the room and get the, get the vibe going, keep everybody up, because by 6 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m., is, you know, the last hour or so, everybody kind of rallies. But those can be some dark times. <laughs> yeah. You need some good music. No, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we should have had a DJ at Toro Cup. You know, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe somebody just spinning the Rocky Four theme, just over, r- over. over and over <laughs> yeah. on repeat, or like you're over the best around, over. or yeah. you're the best around from Karate Kid. Oh man, yes. <laughs> so, Lori, what 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 would you like to tell us that we haven't asked about anything? Um, really, just that I think the Governor's a really great event. Um, Father Academy's going to have it. It's not my event. I didn't I didn't coin the term. I didn't coin the idea. I kind of you know cribbed it um, from other people. 
Uh, the nice thing about it is, as in jiu-jitsu, you know, it's an interesting community because it's a very small community, so it's a tight-knit community, but at the same time, it's kind of a competitive community. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times, the only way that you come in contact with people outside of your academy or your affiliation is at tournaments, where even if you're friends, there's still an element of, I am here, I'm, you know, we're competing. Um, Grapplethon is not that. It's truly a collaborative event. You know, a couple of people ask me, what are your academy rules? And Beta's, Beta's, Beta's pretty, pretty relaxed. And kind of the one rule I gave them was, just don't be a jerk. You know, that's it's, it's really all it is. Um, and it's just fun, collaborative training, awesome way to get to know people in the academy uh, or to people in the community and uh, just find new training partners. Well, we just, I mean, I, I'm so glad that you're doing this, and I'm so glad that uh, it's grown so much and that you've raised uh, so much. And, you know, you can say that it wasn't your idea, but, you know, good artists borrow, great artists steal, Lori. So, so <laughs> and theft, theft in the service of charity is no vice. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited uh, that it went so well for you. I'm really excited to come up and train at, at Grapplethon 4. Yes, we'd love to have you. We'll definitely have to talk, and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll make sure the dates work. Yeah, most definitely. And, and hey, thanks. And we're going to put up a, a link to the donation uh, on our show page on Facebook and at uh, whupfm.org. So check that out if you want to donate to a good cause, the Network for Victim Recovery. And thanks again for all the work you do, Lori. And thanks a lot for calling in, Lori Porsche. Thank you. Such a nice lady. Yeah, no, that, that's, um, I mean, really. Re- Really, Grapplethon is such a tremendous event, and I'm so grateful that um, that they do that, and can't wait to, to train at it in Grapplethon Four. So, Trevor, are you ready to uh, to try an experiment? Absolutely. We're going to see what if one of the, talking about here. We're going to see if one of the bumpers that I made works, one of the show promo bumpers, because hopefully we're still having technical difficulties with the Andrew Smith interview. Hopefully, we'll get that to you next week. But um, let me see if the show promo works. This is Team Moist Gracie Southern Pines, and you are listening to the Canadian Side. Great success. Great success. Yeah. And th- thanks to all the great... Technology p- worked that time. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> and thanks to all the great people at Team Hoist Gracie Southern Pines who I went out and trained with uh, last week for helping me record that. We're going to have some uh, some more fun stuff. Uh, you know, I don't know why the interview isn't working, but, you know, this is why... The it's, mar- our, it's our first... Even the Titanic messed up... <laughs> One time, that was, its, that was its first go out. We actually have lifeboats out in the street right now. People were looking at us funny when we brought them up. It's what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, the martial arts teaches us to improvise. Uh, absolutely. So let's talk. So we talked about Grapplethon, and we have a couple of a couple more segments planned that'll be fun. But I want to I want to wrap up Toro Cup, you know, because mm-hmm. they're really two different. So Grapplethon does great stuff for one cause. And Toro Cup did some great stuff for another cause. We're gonna. What have, were the uh, other right quick? What were the other? Th- uh, fundraisers for Grapplethon previously. There was the oh. SPCA was the last one I oh, believe for, for Toro Cup. Yeah, we yeah. did it for the Durham Animal Protection Society, right? Which we raised about twenty five hundred bucks for them, and then the we f- also had my dog Bailey, who's a super rescue, and Susie running around and terrorizing people. Yeah, that, it's that great. Was my favorite part uh, <laughs> at, at Toro BJJ, we love animals and uh, you know and uh, and and animals and martial artists sometimes even at the same time. Yes. So let's each like so. Uh, to wrap up the Toro Cup thing, in addition to the ch- the, the the charity element, uh, I want to say let's let's talk about a couple of other really special things um, from Toro Cup. First, for me, it was really cool to have my coach, Black Horse Gracie Black Belt Seth Champ, uh, doing not just the commentary but also doing a really excellent rendition of the national anthem. That which, was outstanding. That was that was chilling. Yeah, yeah that was great. That that guitar solo was something else. He's a great musician. Yeah. Yeah. Martial artists are also, you know, uh, you know, they have other talents as well. And Seth is a perfect example. For those of you that haven't heard that, that was the uh, the version of the, of the um, 
the version of the national anthem that we played over Julia from Mission 22's um, soundbite earlier, and we will post that to our show page and on Facebook. If you haven't got the chance to listen to that, if maybe you came in halfway through the show, definitely, definitely check that out. So there were a couple other matches I wanted to shout out before we move on to our last segment of the day, and uh, you know because I really wanted to shout out Gracie Raleigh, who his team I thought oh, man, performed great super well. Showing yesterday, just a great showing. Yeah. They had three guys, all of them did really well. Andrew Bittner, who's a really good purple belt, did really well mm-hmm. on, on the. He had an outstanding back and forth match, and then one with a last second yeah, footlock. Uh, footlock. Yeah. Uh, that. came out of nowhere that was amazing that kind of the whole place erupted when that happened it was so back and forth yeah and the guy that he f- that he fought anthony elbert from tidewater bjj is mm-hmm. a really outstanding competitor and mm-hmm. has great success and so that was a tremendous match but i think both of those guys were super tired at the end oh gosh you could tell yeah because yeah, they were they were both going after it anthony had some incredible triangle attacks that mm-hmm. i thought were really really slick and uh so so bittner won uh with a last second footlock in the last minute which was awesome west claytor who's another gracie rally guy a smaller guy that dude come came out like a uh a squirrel monkey yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know how because he went against kyle trujillo who is uh another one of the veterans out of the 82nd that we had on the or that you had on the on the toro cup and who is uh, he's a former college wrestler mm-hmm. he is a mixed martial artist he is just all that is man he's a beast like he is a, and then beast. you even like see the size like at first when wes like came onto the mat i'm like whoa this guy's going against kyle <laughs> yeah what is happening here and then boom from the Get go. Yeah, and that was a tremendous was, back and forth yeah. match. Like I, I to be like I thought, and this is where I was really impressed. I was really impressed with Wes's guard because, like you said, mm-hmm. Kyle is a really accomplished martial artist in a lot of different yeah. ways. Wrestling, mixed martial arts, and so Kyle was on top for most of the match. Now, those of you that do jujitsu understand that. While the guard, which is where we're on our back, we're defending with our legs, is a signature mechanism, a signature position of jujitsu. Yes, it's, it also can be very tiring, especially when you have a dude of Kyle's skills and athleticism on top of you. And so I thought, watching that match, I was like, "Oh, Wes is going to get tired, man. You know, Wes, how long can Wes keep this up?" And but evidently, really, long he, enough. But that <laughs> made him. Uh, he was really smart. He was forcing Kyle to work instead, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. was a really technical. Uh, 
Ah, that was so great to see. Like, yeah, people was... from their guard on their back, and that's the that's the great thing about jujitsu is the smaller guy making the bigger guy work, and then capitalizing, and that's what happened. Yeah, for sure. And like Wes is such a good dude. It was really nice to see him have success. So like, so they had, th- and another of my favorite guys in local jujitsu, also from Gracie Raleigh, was Chris Luter, and Chris had a really memorable match against Isaac Renner from Beta Academy, who yes. was one of Nakapon's students and Lori's teammate. I- Isaac's one of the greatest guys in jujitsu, and 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 he and Luter are about the same size, mm-hmm. both really excellent, successful competitors, but had never faced each other, which right. is kind of match we want to make at Toro Cup and that was a really uh, and you know the thing about Luter that I always notice is Luter never gets tired man he doesn't like, yeah just motor for days and Luter did end up losing that match Isaac um, caught him in a cross choke I think at about 12 minutes in uh something like here. that do we have an the, official uh, time on that 1359 1359 minute left yeah so and and I mean that was a back extravaganza <clears throat> and when like, and when Luter says man that guy felt heavy that means that he had some crazy top pressure. Yeah, you know, yeah. Nakapon is known for that. You know, Nakapon yeah. is known for his top pressure, so it doesn't surprise me that Isaac, who also teaches at Beta, and it, it would have that kind of pressure. And Isaac's just also a really well-rounded martial artist. Mm-hmm. He's good on top, he's good on bottom, um, he's good in the gi, he's good no gi. And so that was a super exciting match. I always love watching Luter compete because um, it's never boring. What I love about Luter is his uh, transition like, as a martial artist. I remember a long time ago, uh, man, like five years ago or so, we fought on the same card mm-hmm. where he was just a boxer that his his takedown defense was to cut an angle and throw an uppercut. And uh, he had competed in boxing, competed in MMA, and now you see he's turned into an outstanding jiu-jitsu guy. Like yeah. He's become a purple belt, and he's won the Atlanta Open. I yeah. believe he got double gold there, I thought. Yeah, he I did. Think, uh, and he's just... It's amazing to see his growth as a martial artist and his hair. Yeah, no, the hair is excellent. You know, yeah. we should start like a hair of jujitsu and MMA gallery because like, of the week, hair yeah, of the just kind of like yeah. put put an album on our Facebook page, and which, which is foreshadowing, by the way, folks. Yeah. Um, so the, the the one last thing, you know, so so I have one other thing before we move on to our, our final segment of the day that I want to talk about about Torica, which is I want to shout out my own teammates from Triangle Jujitsu Academy in Durham, North Carolina. We had two guys compete. Tim Compton, who actually competed on his birthday, yeah. which is great. And Tim Compton won his match with a loop choke, which is one of his signature chokes. So, like, really slick. Hits it from a lot of different positions. So it's really, really that, happy. that was a great match he had with uh, John Shell, who yeah. is, uh, you've competed against. You guys had mm-hmm. outstanding matches. And Shell, if you guys don't know him, like, he's always game. Yeah. Like, oh, John's he, a tough He is guy, the man. definition of being a game competitor. Yeah. For sure. And, like, I thought that would be a good match because it would be a contrast in styles. Like, John has relentless top pressure. Yeah. Just always goes. And great cardio. Yeah. Great cardio in tremendous shape. I knew that that would be and, and Tim has more of a like counter punchy sort of game where you, could, he, you could call it that yeah he definitely sits back he waits for someone to make a move then he's boom one step ahead mm-hmm. he tries to be most definitely and uh, the other triangle jiu-jitsu competitor was Dewan Dirty South Owens who show promo l- alert is going to join us in studio November 1st to promote his fight in Richmond Virginia Dewan in addition to being a really outstanding Nogi jiu-jitsu competitor especially is also one of the top level mixed martial artists in the area, in the area. And I'm going to get hit by him in like an hour I'm sorry to hear that it's alright we're friends <laughs> yeah no Dewan is also one of the coolest and most interesting dudes in martial arts I can't and wait so, to have him on the show he's always got he's always a good guy to talk to yeah really amazing things to say and had a tremendous a terrific match against Marcel Fucci who is uh, has a school called Killer Bee Training Center that's relatively new a really good contrast in styles where is uh, Marcel out of Jacksonville right Jacksonville North Carolina yeah. so if you're in Jacksonville check out Marcel great guy yeah totally cool dude and and it was a great it was great to watch the contrast in styles where Marcel really wanted to play bottom to use his guard use that uh, lockdown a lot of the 10th planet game. stuff yeah the lockdown yeah exactly and Dewan and, and also props to Marcel for taking that fight on short oh, notice like just two days Dewan notice. is 
like one of those guys he's so tough like he brings everything so to want to go against him last last minute like that is props to Marcel yeah both Trevor and I have been either Dewan has hit one of us in the face a lot and has smashed uh, one of us a lot and uh, and it's it's he's a great guy and his technique's outstanding but like it's not always a pleasant experience no to, yeah to, and, and and the top is where he likes to be and so for and if you don't know Dewan then you know uh doing that lockdown sometimes isn't the best thing to have like a yeah. manimal like the one on you yeah but for sure props to marcel great guy really cool guy super happy to be there and yeah yeah, yeah. And i mean it was just a really positive environment mm-hmm. and so toro cup we uh 12 great matches 12 submissions mm-hmm. 1200 raised for uh mission 22 a lot of 12s in there yeah but so now uh we're gonna move on to our final segment of the day which i hope you guys have some fun with and let's uh try one of these other bumpers that i made trevor if you're if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're not really into jujitsu, I'm I'm a little bit creeped out, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cage Side Concussion Cast on whupfm.org. 